0: The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 U.S. 12 West in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. Father, my mind is just kind of racing around everything that we've sung to you this morning. I'd I'd love to just be able to just take some time, just speak the name of Jesus over many of my friends that I know are hurting. I I stop and as we sang Lord invite your spirit and say that without him we can do nothing during this hour and uh, and Lord to get to sing that the cross has spoken and I'm forgiven. Wow. I'm just overwhelmed with thankfulness Father. Uh, We do praise you Father and we pray that our lives now will reflect our worship. Amen. You may be seated. Guys, got lunch plans? Thought we could do all four of those songs at the end again. If that'd be all right. Maybe not. Don't panic. That was fun. Okay. Well, we have been on our little journey through the book of Revelation. Not Revelations, but the book of the Revelation. And uh, as you can see, we're going to look at 8 and 9 today. If you're looking up there, actually it does say 8 through 10, doesn't it? Okay, we'll do that then. <laughs> uh, but uh, we started a few weeks ago, and uh, we saw a place where John, the Apostle John, from the, his place in exile where he was on a penal colony there at Patmos, uh, he was given a little peek into heaven. The angel said, come on up here, I want you to look at this. And, uh, and he showed him this throne a throne occupied by God and his radiance beamed throughout heaven. And he wanted him to know that through everything you're going to see, God is on his throne. And the creatures worshipped him and the angels ended up joining in and worshipping and the redeemed worshipped him. And there's a celebration going on in heaven in chapter 4. Chapter 5, well, there's a little sadness for a moment because there's this scroll in the hand of the Father and there's nobody who can open it. And John says, I wept because there was nobody worthy to open the scroll, but that's okay because then the Lamb stood up. The Lamb of God, the one who was slain before the foundation of the world, stands and he takes the scroll, and all of heaven rejoices again, and they celebrate. And again, this contagious, have you noticed that worship is a little contagious? <laughs> have you and, uh, and, one, and one group would worship, and the next group would worship, and they're celebrating God. But then, uh, last week we began to look in chapter 4, 5, 6, and we, uh, we saw that the Lamb began to open the scrolls. Uh, actually, he began to open the seals, the seven seals that were on the scroll. And he opened the first four, you might remember, and we call those four the four horsemen. And uh, the, the uh, horseman, first of all, on the white horse rides, the horseman of deception, uh, the Antichrist, the one that uh, the Savior that the world is looking for, not the Savior that the world needs. And he is accepted there, and then there's the red horse of war, and then there is the black horse of famine, and then there is the pale horse of death. And uh, these horses are riding away here, and then you get into the fifth seal, and uh, that talks about the martyrs, those who die for Christ. And then you get into the sixth seal, and it talks about incredible uh, catastrophe on the physical level, earthquakes and things like that that hit the earth. And, uh, and God says, hold on, we're going to take just a, just a stop here for a second. There's one seal left. See my one little rubber band I left on here? There's one seal left, and we're going to open that up today as we get into chapters 8 through 10. But last week we saw that before he opened that up, he said, I want to tell you that in the midst of this amazing t- terror that takes place on this earth, in the midst of this overwhelming judgment that we see, God's redemptive hand is still at work. And it talks in there about how revival is going to spread and the gospel is going to be spread even in the midst of that time. Uh, we saw that in chapter 7, but we get back to chapter 8 and we're ready to open this last seal. Okay, now, so I start off on Monday morning, I'm reading through chapter 8. And uh, some of you may know, the, uh, once this seal is opened, what is revealed is another whole set of judgments called the trumpet judgments. There's seven trumpet judgments coming. So I read through chapter 8, and it's all about the first four of these trumpet judge judgments. And then it says in chapter 9, uh, things are going to get a little worse because we're going to get into the woes that they're called. So the last few of the trumpet judgment get even worse. And read through this, I think, oh, boy, that's going to be a fun Sunday morning. We're just going to hit you and hit you and hit you uh, over and over again. So I thought, you know what? I better read 10, too. Uh, so I did. I spent a little time reading 10, and when I myself was reading the uh, chapter 10, I found myself, uh, a couple things happened. One of them I was convicted. I that I, I, I was convicted about a couple things. I'll tell you about it in a minute here, but then I also received some clarity just that overall philosophy of life. Does that sound deep? Okay. <laughs> Scary when I get deep, isn't it? Isn't it? You're always afraid I'm going to hurt myself, but... Uh, <laughs> But anyway, we're going to go ahead and start in chapter 10, and then we're going to back up and we're going to go through chapters 8 and 9. So I'm going to show you just a couple of things that God showed me when I jumped into chapter 10, because one of the things God told me is, you need to stop apologizing, okay? Uh, so just so you know, I'm apologizing right now for apologizing, and then I'm not going to apologize anymore. Now, I want to show you a couple of things that God told me. Well, Hey, you've been preaching this series, and you're apologizing way too much. For one thing, I keep saying, hey, I'm sorry I don't know exactly what this means. In other words, I'm sorry I don't know everything that's coming. I can't give you a complete detailed description of everything in Revelation. Well, when I read chapter 10, I found this out. Uh, it talks about an angel who stands with a smaller scroll, and his one foot is on the land, his one foot is on the sea. But, uh, but then it talks about these things that are called the seven thunders. Okay, another set of happenings here, the seven thunders. And it says, uh, John says, I was about to write them, but I heard a voice from heaven saying, seal up the seven thunders, what they have said, do not write it down. And what was impressed upon me by the Spirit of God is, do you know that God has not revealed everything to us? (laughs) there are some things I need to stop apologizing for not knowing because God said seal it up I'm not going to tell you think about what God did here though John's like okay you told me I'm ready to write it down no don't write it down you ever get where somebody's like okay there's one thing oh no I shouldn't tell you that doesn't that drive you crazy inquiring minds want to know. Uh, I'm driving a a bus yesterday on a field trip, and there's a coach behind me talking on the phone. I wasn't paying real great attention, but a little bit, because I'm a very nosy person. Uh, And then at one point, she said, oh, she said, I'll tell you about that later. I can't get into that now. And doggone it, I wanted to know. I was like, I'll pull over if you want to tell me. Uh, I'd like to know what's going on. And God says, hey, there's something else coming, but I am not going to tell you about it right now okay? Why? This cracks me up too. When I study this, the commentators go through this and they say, we're going to tell you what we think the seven thunders were. So God says, I'm not going to reveal it. And the commentators, well, we're going to find out anyway. (laughs) No, they're not. Uh, They're not going to to find out. So there are some things that God talks about. In fact, if you look down uh, in verse number seven, it talks about the mystery. And when the Bible uses the word mystery, what it is talking about is something that we do not know unless God reveals it. And there are some things that we will not know until God reveals it. By the way, interestingly, we were just singing about Christ in me, the hope. That is one of the mysteries of Scripture. God says, you won't understand that unless I reveal it to you. So that is why sometimes when people get excited and, Christ in me, yes, this is wonderful. Some people look at you and say, you're weird. I don't understand that. Why? Because we won't understand this miracle of salvation and what God does and the new life that he gives us until God reveals that to us and and we get it. But anyway, uh, so the first thing that I am no longer apologizing for is not knowing everything because God doesn't tell us everything. Okay, now the second thing as I read through chapter 10, got into a little bit bigger thing here uh and again i'm jumping around in 10 we'll go back and read through eight and nine but and i took the little scroll from the hand of the angel and i ate it and this was the instruction that he was given take and eat it some of you might be familiar throughout scripture this is something that different prophets were told to do ezekiel take and eat it in other words my word take it and make it become part of you take it into you you know don't just skim over it here take this into you so i want you to take and eat it and it was sweet as honey in my mouth But when I had eaten it, my stomach was made bitter. And I was told, you must again prophesy about many peoples and nations and languages and kings. You say, what did the the Lord rebuke me on this one too? Because I thought, here I am, sometimes I'm apologizing for talking too much about judgment, if you will. I don't want to hit judgment too hard or anything like that. Well, what's the scripture say here? The instruction to John is... You have to do this there's some bitter and there's some sweet and your job is not to make the be- the sweet bitter and the bitter sweet your job is to teach it the way it is okay so i don't want to be- you be apologized i'm sorry to talk too much about judgment because that's exactly what i did but this whole idea when i talked about bringing a little clarity in my life this whole idea of the bitter and the sweet really hit me because i thought about john okay so john here he's receiving this message and remember back in chapter four he gets to look into heaven and see god's on his throne and the celebration everything like that and he knows that god is on his throne and then he said hey this is it i want you to see eternity i want you to catch a glimpse of this but in the meantime look at some of the nastiness coming your way and i thought if that doesn't describe our life sometime. Yes, we have this hope of eternal life. Yes, we can take a peek into heaven and say, hey, this is where it's going to end up. But in the meantime, if nastiness doesn't describe our lives, I don't know what will. You know, I get debating about, uh, you know, people ask, what do you think the end times are coming? I actually argue with myself about that sometimes. I think, oh, yeah, things are worse than ever. And then I think, are they really? <laughs> there's more disease than ever. How about the bubonic plague? That was pretty bad. Uh, you know, there's more, uh, whatever. You know, even just, you know, we talked about death last week. Well, in the last century, you had Hitler killing his millions, and on top of that, you had Stalin upping the game there and killing even more millions, and you had, um, I was going to say Chiang Kai-shek, wrong guy. Mao tongue. thank you. Uh, killing, and you had, you know, this death. So, I don't really know exactly where we are as far as, how about, but One thing that has hit me in recent days, and I've been sharing this some, I don't know if this is just in, if you want to say anecdotal, because it's just in my little world, I have talked to a couple of other pastors, I have never known a time when I have known so many hurting people with everything sickness, and uh, depression, and just heartache, and family problems, everything like that. I've never known a time like this. Now, I'm not saying it's never happened before. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, for me, I look at that. And when I look at that, I have to keep this perspective. Uh, okay, one other thing. Let me, let me be old man here for a second. Uh, Say, <laughs> You're always old man, but uh, no, I, uh, I, I've had a couple friends, a couple friends in the room actually recently got to go to a 50th High school reunion. My sister is going to her fiftieth. She's older than me, by the way, uh, but uh, she's going to her fiftieth anniversary uh, reunion this year. I always wanted to go to a reunion. I just, I think that'd be fun. I know I'm weird, but I would love to go to one. Problem is, my high school was very small. I was the only graduate, um, and it just really takes the fun out of the whole reunion. Uh, name tags are optional. Uh, <laughs> I've told you this before, but I was valedictorian. But anyway, uh, back, to the, back, to the, back to the story. But, uh, you know, when I think about the whole idea of that, uh, my friends told me this, my sister told me this, and this is kind of sad, but, uh, you know, they're looking forward to it. But they said, you know, what's kind of hard is how many people have passed away. And I get thinking about just even my future life, if you want to say it like that. I look to heaven, and heaven grows sweeter and sweeter as the days go by and thinking about it, but this world gets a little nastier and nastier as the days go by. And that's some of my, our perspective on life. And John, and that's what I want to encourage you to do, I want you to look into heaven as John did and say, hey, this day comes. This day comes because God is on his throne. But in the meantime... I don't know what else to tell you. There's a lot of bad things still headed our way, but then sweet ever after, as the song says. Okay, so, basically, we remember then that God is on His throne. We look into eternity, but we expect on this earth to still see some sorrow. Now, we're going to back up, okay? That was my jump ahead to 10. That's where God said, okay, stop apologizing. I will never apologize again, Uh, but uh, maybe maybe not that, but... uh, (laughs) <laughs> i'm sorry uh okay but uh, the um but <laughs> but uh but god says let's let's uh let's make sure we, we understand we're not going to know everything dan you're not going to know everything and secondly understand that there is sweetness and there is sorrow no now let's go back then to the scroll opening when the lamb opened the seventh seal beginning of chapter eight now there was silence in heaven you know i told you about that when uh You know, somebody starts to say something, and then they stop. You really want to know? General rule, if I ever tell you that I have a joke I'm going to skip here, don't ask. You know some of the jokes that I tell. So the ones that I'm smart enough to stop, just be glad I stopped. I have a joke here that goes with this silence in heaven thing. But anyway, it's about my mother-in-law. But anyway, let's go on. Uh, Then I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given them. And And another angel came and stood at the altar of the golden... Uh, a censer and he and he, with a golden censer, I'm sorry, and he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. We'll make uh, t- talk about this in a second here. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. And then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar and threw it on the earth. And there were peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning and earthquake so when you see in uh the idea of incense back in the old testament worship and everything like that that's the prayers going up and it says god uh has taken the prayers here and he's mixed it with fire and he's thrown it back on the earth a lot of the uh, study that I looked at this week, that a lot of them believe that what is happening here is actually a lot of our prayers are being answered there. Because we've been praying for years, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we've been praying for God to establish his rule and reign here on this earth. And that's what's happening here. So God takes those prayers, mixes it with a little fire, and is throwing it back on the earth. Well, what does it look like as he throws it back on the earth? Trumpet number one is about to blow. The first angel blew the trumpet. And there followed hail and fire mixed with blood, and these were thrown upon the earth. And a third of the earth was burned up, and a third of the trees were burned up, and all the grass was burned up. (laughs) How could I take that and sweeten that up? Uh, that's pretty, that's pretty sh- uh, solid right there. I, I did want to mention this. I'm going to refer to this idea of the possibility that what takes place in these first four trumpets has to do with nuclear activity. I'm not saying it does. I'm saying, but when you look at it, when they have done nuclear testing in water, the, uh, the Navy will tell you that what they experience afterwards is incredible hail that comes from that. So is it possible? Yes, it is possible. We'll kind of go on with that, but let's just continue what's, what, what's going on. Trumpet one, number one blows. Here comes trumpet number two. A second angel blew his trumpet, and something like a great mountain, burning with fire, was thrown into the sea. And a third of the sea became blood, and a third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. I don't know if the blood is the cause of the death or the result of the death. I don't really know, but what I know is what it says there. That uh, this has happened in the sea. You're probably familiar, but the sea, you know, makes up a lot more of this earth than the land. And we're going to see a third of it is destroyed here. And the third angel blew his trumpet and a a star fell from heaven, blazing like a torch. And it fell on a third of the rivers and of the springs of water. So now we're not in the sea. Now we're in what we'd say the fresh water. And the name of that star was Wormwood. And a third of the waters became Wormwood. Wormwood. And many people died from the water because it had been made bitter. Okay, and again, we're seeing these trumpets blow. We're seeing this happen. Side note, just if just for those of you who might be interested in this, the word wormwood uh, in in Russian comes out Chernobyl. I just thought I'd tell you that. It's kind of a weird weird little fun fact. Again, I'm not even making a case for this being nuclear war. I'm just saying that's kind of interesting uh, as possible. So um, because, you know, God can carry out this however he wants. If he wants to use man and some of the things like that, uh, all we know is this is what God is going to do. And then the fourth angel blew his trumpet, and the third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, a third of the stars, so that a third of the light might be darkened, and a third of the day might be kept from shining, and likewise, a third of the night. Now, I guess it's going to sound like I really am making a case for nuclear war, and I am not tr- really trying to do that, but I did want to mention that another aspect of nuclear war is what they call nuclear winter that follows the bombing, which would create this kind of darkness that they talk about. Now wow pastor (laughs) see what you mean uh reading through there that's the crazy stuff there you know and i don't even know i kind of you know jesus didn't talk about these things so i don't know why you are first of all read matthew chapter 24 jesus did talk about them okay uh you say well i didn't talk about them that much well neither did i okay this is my 10th year of pastoring this first time i've read through this with you so give me a break uh but but it but it is talked about and it is something that's real and i want to before i leave these first four trumpets for a second I also just wanted to mention something that I realize is not PC. I know it's not politically correct, but I think it is worth just consideration for a second. As far as nuclear weaponry on the earth is concerned, we have always, uh, there's always been something in place called the MAD doctrine, which is mutual annihilation. Mutual assured destruction. That's it. Mutual assured destruction. Thank you for coming. Uh, I could have looked it up on my notes But but it is that idea that if we if we were to use our nuclear weapons Somebody else would use them so we're gonna sign our own death warrant, you know So that has kept that nuclear activity at bay and again I know this isn't PC, but when you study and if we want to use the term radical that's fine radical Islam that kind of goes away for a couple of different reasons. One, they do believe there is a Messiah coming for them called the the 12th Imam or the Mahdi. And uh, they believe that he will only come when the earth is in war and total turmoil and on fire basically. So them creating that would be an incentive. And the other thing we mentioned last week, this idea in some religions that martyrdom is a guarantee into heaven, that would also be an incentive. So it wouldn't take much for that Weapon tree to start in that way. You say, Pastor, you must really believe it's nuclear war. Actually, no, I just read so much on this week, I wanted to share some of that with you. Again, I don't know how God will do it. God can do anything He wants like that. So I don't know if He's going to use nuclear weaponry or whatever He is going to use. I just know what it says is going to happen when these trumpets blow. Okay, that judgment is coming upon this earth. You want a commercial break for just a second? I'm sorry, you know I'm a weirdo. I found this to be incredibly funny. You know, I'm researching about some of this with Islam. And, uh, you know, the, the idea of martyrdom and, and what is this, 70 virgins? If you martyr, get 70 virgins. There is, this is the truth, there is a group of Islamic theolo- theologians that are studying this, and they have determined that they feel like they have the wrong word there. It is not virgin, it is raisins. I'm not kidding. Now... <laughs> You say, <laughs> why are you sharing that? Because I think it's funny. Uh, I just imagine a guy getting to heaven going, hey, 70. Why why'd you hand me a box of raisins? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't, I just, you know, I'm a sick man. Okay, moving right along. Okay. Uh, so we're done with that. Now let's go to the very end of chapter 8. We've gone through the four trumpets. Let's go to the end of chapter 8. It says, then I looked, and I heard an eagle crying with a loud voice as it flew directly overhead. And what's he say? Woe, woe woe to those who dwell on earth at the blast of the other trumpets that three angels are about to blow okay you got three more trumpets coming those three can be called the three woes okay because in other words you ain't seen nothing yet okay here you go uh and uh so we are going to look in chapter nine at two of those because once again god stops before the last of the trumpets blows uh but with the an- the angel blew his trumpets so we're in chapter 9 now. And I saw a star fallen from heaven to the earth, and he was given a key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. There is actually a ton in that little phrase here that I want to unpack just a little bit here for you. First of all, an angel uh, blew the trumpet, and a star has fallen. This star is obviously a person because it talks about he. Uh, both Ezekiel and Isaiah tell us about the, the idea of the, Satan having fallen from heaven. Okay, but I want you to notice that he is given the keys. God gives him the keys. Okay, here you go. Now, we'll get back into this pit first in a second here. But it is God who allows him to do this. We, again, we have this misconception that we got from cartoons and everything else that Satan is ruling in hell. Okay, Satan doesn't rule in hell. Satan will be a prisoner of hell. Okay? So he's not in charge as far as that goes. You say, who rules hell? God. God rules everything. Okay? And God says, at this point, I'm going to give you the keys. And you get to unleash here. Uh, from, let, let's read the next couple verses and we'll talk about who he is unleashing. Uh, there smoke from the lo- 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 locusts came out, and given power of scorpions of the earth, and they were told not to. I am skipping something here. Where am I? Okay, the bottomless pit I wanted to go to. Um, there is. Some of you remember the story of the maniac of Gadara, had the demons in him, and uh, when they met with Jesus, they said, please don't send us into the abyss, don't send us to that, that place, that, there is obviously a place in hell where the worst of the worst, if you want to put it like that, are locked away. Uh, First Peter also mentions that, the book of Jude also mentions that, I think in verse number 6, uh, and talks about this worst of the worst. Well, God is giving him the keys and saying, here you go, open this up. This is God making the call, okay? I want us to realize that, and also realize that the devil himself, Satan, serves the purposes of God, okay? Now, does that confuse me sometimes? Yes, it does. I was reading this week about, uh, somebody was writing about Robinson Crusoe, the book, and, and uh, the uh, friend of Robinson Crusoe's name is Friday I think a lot of you be familiar with and at one point uh he's learning English but he, he says why God not kill devil and that's his you know as he hears the whole story of everything he says why God not kill devil and eventually uh Robinson Crusoe answers that he doesn't immediately but eventually he tells him he will but uh, don't we all ask that sometime why God not kill devil why does it not ended? And that and that answer, answer comes back, and I can tell you that right for right now, Satan is serving the purposes of God. Now let's see what is unleashed here. From the smoke came these locusts on the earth. They were given power like the power of scorpions of the earth. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any green plant or tree, but only those people who did not have the seal of God that we talked about last week on their foreheads, they were allowed to torment them for five months, which, coincidentally, is about the lifespan of a locust, but not to kill them. And their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings someone. And in those days, people will seek death. They will not find it. They will long to die, but death will flee from them. Quick side here for a second about death. Death is not the ultimate escape for those who have rejected Jesus Christ. My son used to uh, sing a song. I think it was Reliant K. This is back when he was a teenager. Some of you might remember uh, Life is Good, Eternal Life is Better. Anybody remember that? Cute little song. Life is Good, Eternal Life is Better. You could also, and this probably will not be a hit, but you could also say death is bad. <laughs> eternal death is worse. Okay, so just like I want to look at my life and say I want to live my life in such a way that, that screams this life is great, it is a gift from God, but it is not my most valuable possession. Eternal life is. I also need to live my life in a way that screams death is horrible, but the one thing worse than that is eternal death. For those who don't know Jesus Christ, I want to live my life in a way that screams that also. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway they're crying out to die they can in appearance the locusts were, the horse, uh, were like horses by the way if you, uh, these were not literal locusts we'll see why in a second here uh, but uh, they probably had very much that appearance if you were to look at a locust under a microscope uh, you would see them looking very similar to a horse prepared for battle and their heads were uh, what looked like crowns of gold and their faces like human faces their hair was a woman's hair and their teeth were a lion's teeth and they had breastplates like breastplates of iron and the noise of their wings was like the noise of many chariots with horse rushing into battle they have tails and stings like scorpions and their power to hurt people for five months in their tails and they have a king that's largely why I say they're not locusts have no king the Bible says that very clearly Uh, and that king is the angel from the bottomless pit his name in Hebrew is Abaddon and in Greek is called Apollyon so getting a picture here woe number one I got to keep moving woe number two coming and the sixth angel Blew his trumpet. So we're on the sixth trumpet, the second, whoa, and I heard a voice from heaven, uh, from the four horns of the golden altar before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, again, this got released the four angels who are bound in the great river Euphrates. So the four angels had been prepared for that hour, the day, the month, the year. They were released to kill a third of mankind. And the number of the Mount of Troops was twice, 10,000 times 10,000. I heard their number. And this I saw the horses in my vision and those who rode upon them. And they had breastplates plates the color of fire and sapphire and sulfur. And the heads of the horses were like lion's head. And the fire and the smoke and the sulfur came out of their mouths. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed by the fire and smoke and sulfur coming out of the horse's mouth. For the power of the horses is in their mouths and in their tails. For their tails are like serpents uh, with their heads. In any he means, they might wound during this time. Hold on a second. Let me go back before we look at that last verse. So you get, again, if I can be not politically correct for a second. If God is using a human army here that is coming across the Euphrates, then most likely that human army is from the Orient. It's probably from China. It's just when you talk about numbers and the direction and everything like that. But I'm not saying that is the case. I'm saying God says there is going to be an army. Whether that army comes straight out of the pit or where that comes from, I'm not exactly sure. But I'm saying you see what's happening here. Okay? Lovely story here. Now let's see how man responds here. As we get to the end of chapter 9, the rest of mankind who were not killed in these plagues does it really say that? They did not repent of the works of their hands, nor give up worshiping. Look what they were doing. They're worshiping demons, their idols of gold, silver, and bronze, and stone and wood, which cannot see or hear or walk. So they're worshiping uh, things that are just as blind and dumb and deaf as they're acting. Uh, they're, nor did they repent of their murders, their sorceries, or their sexual immorality, or their thefts. They did not repent. This is somewhat astounding. Now, obviously, we saw this last week. There are some who get saved during this time, but most do not. They do not repent. They do not turn to God. And that is, is somewhat know mind-boggling really when you think about this surely they would hey let me mention one thing here I'm sorry I'm kind of watching my time but so I'm not going to go through everything that they turn to but when you see that word in their sorceries they went back to their sorceries when you study that word it's interesting because it comes from the root word of pharmacy or pharmaceuticals and I wanted to mention that because there is so much of turning I'm not turning to God, I'm turning to something else. If you don't believe me, when you leave church today, walk out the door and look at the billboard across the parking lot. It says, relief! Now listen, I am not an expert on CBD or anything. I know nothing, I don't know what's legal, what's not, what's addictive, what's, what's not. Uh, And the same with anything having to do with medicine I am not an expert and I need to you know be very careful what I say here But what I do think I can say here is be very careful That we are not instead of turning to God turning to everything else to solve our problems When uh, the pandemic hit you're probably aware of this but alcohol sales went through the roof Okay, and some of it was because people weren't going to bars anymore So they bought it from the stores, but not all of it. It went through the roof. It's a recession-proof industry so are the cannabis shops because people are looking for escape relief people during hard times at this point are not turning to God but instead they're turning back to their their man-made gods the things that they thought would satisfy them that never did Uh, they're not changing their behavior and they're turning to things that they think will give them relief kind of sad now I did want to show you this, however. Uh, I mentioned last week that when I was a teenager and I heard about a lot of the judgments, it prompted me out of fear to turn to God. And I'm not taking that back. There There was an element of that where I was afraid. However... Like this verse that we just read tells us there's many people that they don't turn because of that, because of the threat of judgment. So I wanted to show you this, and this will probably even explain why, yes, we will talk about judgment, we'll talk about the sour, but we are going to talk more about the sweet and we're, going, we're not going to sing about the sour. Can you imagine those songs? And then, uh, a scorpion stung me. It uh, just isn't going to catch on. Uh, we're going to sing about the sweetness. Well, why? Well, Romans uh, chapter 2, verse 4 says this, that we should not presume on the riches and the kindness and forbearance and patience. We should not take for granted how good God is. Why is that? Because the kindness of God is what will lead us to repentance. Now, I wanted to read another passage for you from the book of Romans, chapter 5. And I didn't put this on the screen. Uh, I'm hoping you can just kind of stay with me as, as we say this. Romans, chapter 5, I'm going to begin with verse number 6. It says, while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Did you hear that? He died for the churchgoers. No, 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 no. He died for the ungodly. For one who scare, would scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one might even dare to die. But here's verse number eight. It says, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And then it says this, and since therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more being uh, shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. A few weeks ago, um, when we are looking at this, I mentioned that if somebody is looking and saying, I don't go for all this judgment stuff. I'm not going to believe in a, in a God of judgment. I'm not going to believe in a God who just, uh, you know, would pour out his wrath like that. I said a great question to ask is this. What would you like God to do? Would you like God to make a way to escape that wrath? Would you like God to take that penalty himself so that you don't have to? Because that is exactly what he did okay and that in the passage we just read that's romans chapter five if you want to look at it later i think i picked it up in verse number six just beautifully describes that now while we're yet sinners christ died for us he took that punishment so that we might become his righteousness and i want to you know think about you know in a marriage okay the uh, husband's done something really stupid and uh comes home the wife's mad at him if she, uh, if she wants to, you know, she can just tell him how stupid he was <laughs> and continue to remind him how stupid he was and what he did wrong. That probably is not going to break him near as quickly as her instead loving him. Okay? And I wanted to mention that because, yes, I am preaching about things that I believe 100% are going to happen. As we read through this, I believe this is what God has said. His, pro- his word is sure. His prophecy is true. These things are going to happen. And right now, we live in the day where God is showing his kindness. Don't, see, don't presume upon it. Don't take it lightly. Don't take it lightly. God is offering forgiveness. God is saying, even though you are sinners, even though there is a judgment that is deserved by every one of us, even though that is the case, I still love you. And I sent my son to die for you. And I said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Okay? You will be rescued from that judgment. So that now is the day when we focus on and we look at that idea that the kindness of God, the goodness of God, the mercy of God leads us to repentance. And if I could do anything just personally with every one of you, it would be to plead to you along those lines. And say, hey, now it's the day. Well, I don't want to hear about this. I don't like this, this judgment thing. I'm not going to say I'm sorry. Okay? Because my, it is my job to teach the whole truth. However, I am going to say, what do you want God to do? Would you like it better if he said, I'm going to take the penalty for sin. I'm going to take it so you don't have to. Because that, indeed, is exactly what he done. He, he done did. Uh, and he done did it well. Uh, hey, Adam, can we sing uh, Jesus again? Can we speak the name of Jesus? Okay, you know, I, I mention this um, so often. I, I wish, okay, I'm not, I'm not weird or anything like that, but with some of you, I wish I could come up right now and just put my hands over your heads. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over you right now. I know like I said, that we have, a, we have a group of people in many cases that are hurting. The news from doctors recently hasn't been great. A lot of the stuff like that. So we're, so here, here we stand just like John. We got a little glimpse of heaven and eternity and that God is on his throne. But right now we look and we say there's some nasty stuff coming our way. And it is really hard sometimes to deal with. And you know what I want to do? I want to take a little time even before we leave and speak the name of Jesus. Would you stand with us? and? You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email, info at or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.